Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 13th of June, 2023 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Cool and slow hugs go out to our fellow Hong Kongers both here and around the world. We hear you, Hong Kong, and we are listening. We have one more show for you before the full heat of summer sets in. That's right, on the 29th of June, we have our last show before a two-month break. The theme for the show is Asking for a Friend, and it will be on the 29th of June at the Fringe Club. Tickets are available through the links on the website hongkongstories.com or through Artmate. Just because we won't have a show for two months doesn't mean that there won't be free workshops. If you've ever wanted to make your story and your public speaking better, come down to a free workshop. Links can be found on the website hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Now with the story told live on stage in November 2022 in a show with the theme, Say What? Here is Leslie. The phone's ringing. It might be him, my boyfriend. I ran to the hall to pick the phone up before my mum could, and, and then she'd be looking at me all stern for being on the phone for far too long. It had been like that ever since he went off to college in Crewe, and I didn't. I had a job. I saved up my meagre wage so I could go and visit him every other weekend. I bought my return ticket on the train. Hello? Will I, will I go to Paris with you for the weekend? Paris, city of love. Yes. Oh, you've entered a marathon and, okay, I'll hold your bag and be the water stop person. It'll be expensive to go to Paris, won't you? I don't think I can afford it. Oh, we're driving. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Bye for now. So the details were that he'd entered the Paris Marathon with three of his friends. And they decided they would drive to Paris and split the cost of the petrol. And me, as bag holder, would also contribute to the petrol, making it cheaper. Crestfallen, but having already agreed, I consoled myself for the fact that I'd be with him for the weekend and we were going to Paris. The plan to drive to Paris was a little problematic because nobody actually owned a car. (laughs) And I don't know how, but they managed to convince a friend of theirs to lend them his car and he'd agreed. That car, to take us 465 miles from Crewe to Paris, turned out to be a really clapped-out two-door Morris Minor. The first time I saw it was the Friday morning as we set off to drive there, and I got in the back seat, and I was squashed against those runners. It, It took about five hours to drive to Dover, and I was bored and miserable listening to them talk about their carb loading diets and their training regimes. One of them looked over at me and said, Cheer up, love, it might never happen. I didn't know them, and I wasn't warming to them. We went from Dover over the English Channel to Calais, and then we're in France. We're tootling along. I, I 
had no tension in me for I didn't have to run 26 miles the next day all I had to do was sit there get out when we got to Paris do my job of bag holder and water bottle person French countryside was beautiful and then I heard this crunching noise and I looked over at the driver and he said oh it's come off in my hand And I looked, and he had one hand on the steering wheel and the other was holding the gear stick up in the air. It had come off in his hand. And we freewheeled for a bit, but miraculously came to a halt. They all got out. I thought, I'd better get out too. Um, The tension was rising. They needed to be in Paris to run the marathon the next day. It was a joint effort. We pushed the car to this nearby town and we found a garage. I don't speak much French, but I did understand the mechanic's sharp intake of breath, spare part, expensive. When I wasn't really paying attention, they decided that we would hitchhike to Paris. What? I'd never hitchhiked anywhere in my life. What would my mum say? But there we were on the side of the road, thumbs out, hitching a lift. A car stopped and me and my boyfriend took the ride. It was quite nice, actually. It was a nice car. I didn't have to be squashed up against those runners. I didn't have to listen to their boring stories anymore. And really, I was thinking, well, maybe we'd never make it. Maybe we'd just have a nice weekend in Paris after all. The driver was going all the way to Paris. And when we got to the outskirts... I pulled out this piece of paper, and and that was really the only information we had about the marathon. And on it, it said, check in for Paris Marathon Hotel de Ville. The driver drove us right into the center of Paris, and he dropped us off right outside this magnificent historic building. And with naive confidence, we both walked through the gates and we heard, attention, attention, as two gendarmes pointed guns at us and we slowly backed away. We pulled out the note again. The gendarmes were helping us at this point and were less scary. And they read the note and I saw them have a little chuckle between themselves. There was another word written on the, on the note. I just ignored that. But that was the name of a suburb of Paris. The Paris Marathon wasn't in Paris itself. It was in the suburb of Paris. And Hotel de Ville is just a generic name for town hall. We sat on the curb, dejected, very little French, no knowledge of the geography of Paris. And I said, well, we should just buy some cheese and wine and maybe climb the Eiffel Tower. That idea didn't go down well at all. He wanted to do that marathon. So we worked out that we needed to get on the Paris Metro, and it was fairly straightforward, short journey to this suburb. We came up out of the out of the metro to a boring grey concrete Hotel de Ville, but it had a big banner on it that said, check in for Paris Marathon. We were in the right place. The other three had made it before us and they'd booked us accommodation. There was a special deal for marathon runners and officials. And that turned out to be communal camp beds in a sports hall. Still no romance. The next day, 
the marathon went as planned. They ran their 26 miles. I did my job of bag holding and water bottle person. And when it was over, the issue of the broken down car raised its head again. I'd never met that owner of the Morris Minor. I thought he was a kind man and that he would appreciate that the cost of the repair far outweighed the value of his old car. I was wrong. A long-distance phone call was made from a phone box, and I could hear the shouting, What do you mean my car's broken down? What do you mean you've left it in a French garage? And more ranting. The phone went down. The owner of the Morris Minor was insisting that we, and apparently I was part of the we, go back to the French town, wait for the repair to be done, pay for the repair, and drive the car back to crew as per original plan. So the five of us stood around for a bit. We didn't go back for the car. <laughs> we got the train from Paris to Calais and then the ferry over to Dover. And money was tight, so we were hitchhiking again, and we got numerous lifts from numerous lorry drivers who took us further north and further north and back to crew. By the time we got there, I was late back home. I would be late back for work. I was tired, hungry, and broke. I was really quite glad to say goodbye, even to the boyfriend. And I still had my return ticket home. I got my train and I slumped in my seat. My mind was just spinning with all of the things that had gone wrong and how on earth was I going to be able to afford to pay this driver, this owner of the car, money to bring the car back to England. It was a cold, gloomy night of looking out the window. There was a middle-aged man sat next to me stirring his British rail tea and he caught my eye and he said, cheer up, love, it might never happen. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. <laughs>